This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Hello, I'm Brett Gilliland, founder and CEO of Visionary Wealth Advisors and host of the Circuit of Success podcast. We're excited to bring to you this year our first ever Circuit of Success Summit. This year, we're having people like Dave Peacock, Shannon Rush, Ben Newman, Dr. Jason Selk, Maxine Clark, Jackie Joyner-Kersey, and I will be speaking as well. I'll be speaking about the circuits of success. We'll be talking about the attitude that it takes to be successful every single day. We'll be talking about the belief systems that you have to have. We'll be talking about the actions that you must take every single day to be successful. All of those things ultimately will define the results that you want in your life. And we all know that tomorrow's leaders are so important. So we've decided this year to invite kids from the schools in our area to have them come and listen to a great day of motivation and inspiration. So we look forward to you joining the kids and us for this year's Circuit of Success Summit on April 24th, 2018. To reserve your seat today, you can go to visionarywealthadvisors.com. Welcome to the Circuit of Success and thank you for joining me. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait, but I believe the opposite. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude, a great belief system, and action every single day. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision, that's when greatness happens. Now let's dive right in to this week's guest. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we have Richard Mark. In the studio with us, Richard. How you doing? Great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, I'm glad uh, to be here. I'm glad that you're here. It's I've, I've known your uh, known who you are and known of your career uh, for the for oh gosh probably almost a decade now. So it's uh, it's great to watch your success and everything <laughs> oh, you thanks. do. And I know you're going to bring a lot to our listeners today. But you know, for those of you that don't know who Richard Mark is, why don't you just you know, kind of give us a lay of the land? What's helped make you the man you are today? Well, I I don't know what, you know, helped make me the man I am today, but I would have to say my mom and dad, you know. Yeah. Um, I give all credit to to, the, to two great parents and uh, that really instilled some things in me and, you know, in, including uh, belief in God. And um, I, I, I attribute my success to them. I really do. I, uh, I think that parents are so important of, of in their child's life. Uh, from the day they're born to the day, you know, the parent or the child passes away. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so what, what do you think you learned most growing up? What you, what'd you learn from them? Was it, was it hard work? Was it, you know, never give up? What was the kind of the theme growing up for you? Set your goals on what you want and work your butt off until you get it. Yeah. And don't cry because if you don't get it, it's no one's fault but your own. And that's what my mom <laughs> used to say, right. you know. Don't cry, kid. <laughs> that's right. Problem, if you don't right? get it, it's your problem. Right. You know, if you want it bad enough, work for it. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a big deal. So I know you, you instilled that into your children. And uh, so I got to yeah. thank Joe, your son Joe, for... <laughs> Getting us connected. And, and, uh, oh, thank you. So Joe's a great guy. In fact, Joe told me last night, I got a few things we'll say throughout this about Joe, of what he said. But oh, that's he actually, scary. That could be scary. Yeah, <laughs> is, uh, he said, yeah, believe it or not, my dad would, would make us listen to Zig Ziglar uh, <laughs> audiobooks on the way to vacation. That's true. Right? That's a true story. Right. Yes, I did do that. And so was that something that you know you knew as a kid? Did your parents instill in you reading books and listening to great things? Or what made you do that with your kids? No, uh, my parents really didn't. My, uh, my mom had a high school degree. My dad um, said that he graduated from eighth grade, but that was always a controversial <laughs> topic. My mom said he never did. But they were, uh, so, you know, my mom read mostly the Bible. 
My dad, uh, you know, he was a wise man. He's smart, but he wasn't, didn't have a formal education. Um, so I didn't pick it up from them. But one thing I did pick up from them, my dad would always say, you learn from your experiences. You learn from other people. Uh, so instead of talking, running your mouth, why don't you pay attention and listen? Maybe you'll learn something. Mm -hmm. And so I learned a lot from, you know, them. And then when I got out of college, and my mom was a big on education. She didn't have a college degree, so she made sure that I got one. Valued education. And, um, and I just, you know, they always taught, continue to try to learn, never stop learning, no matter how old you are. And I just started listening sometime I got a college I started listening to books on tape and these audio things and I thought oh this is great you're in the car driving back and forth to work it's a great way to kill your time you know why not listen to something constructive instead right. of something that's just going to be entertainment and so I started doing that at about you know 19 20 years old and I continue it to this day yeah. you know yeah well, I know it stuck with Joe. I, we were texting last <laughs> night, and I funny. said, uh, you probably wanted to die in that moment as a kid, right? But looking back, it was actually a really good thing that you did for yeah. him. So, yeah. you know, he's successful at Enterprise Bank. So I'm sure he thanks you for that. Today. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> so let's let's talk about really some habits. I'm, I'm a big believer in habits and things that make you successful. And, and what would you say some of those habits over your career have helped make you successful? Yeah. I think listening to others and talking to other people, I—, I you know, one of the things that I do often is try to talk to people and leadership roles at other in other industries, you know, just listen to what they're doing and whether they do that, you know, the things that they've done well and the success that they've had. And also listen to the challenges because you can learn from other people. And I, I mentioned that earlier. I learned that from my dad. You know, if you, if you can learn from other people's experiences, either they're positive or negative, you can, you know, make adaption, uh, you can adapt and change and, and make that work for you, make yeah. life a lot easier. So, you know, my habit is I, I pay a lot of attention to other industries, other executives, their uh, successes and their failures, you know. Uh, I read a lot, uh, try to stay ahead of and on top of trends that are going on and, and that type of thing. And then also setting, you know, I think one of my big habits is setting goals. I, mm -hmm. I spend some time. Uh, at the end of every year, you know, kind of evaluating, you know, everything from your personal life to your career to the things that went well, the things that haven't gone well, and then set some goals on what you want to do uh, that next year that to make you better right. and, um, and trying to incrementally be a better person each and every day. So that year-end process, I, th I, I love that. I, I do that as well. So are you a, you know, kind of get out of the office and go on a, you know, kind of a corporate retreat type deal? Or are you more of a just, you know, sit around at home or in the office and do that? Uh, it's, it's, I usually try to take off, uh, you know, that week between Christmas and New Year's and uh, usually take off, you know, if I can, 10 days between Christmas and right before Christmas and then that week after. And I'll just carve out maybe two or three of those days for yeah. just me. Uh, and I, you know, I usually don't go anywhere. I usually stay home. Um, I don't go in the office. I just stay home and and uh, spend some time just with myself yeah. and just try to think through uh, some things, uh, write some things down on paper, come up with a plan, uh, and just try to look at what, the things that I should make sure that I'm thankful and grateful for uh, that have happened over the past year and over my life 
and then think of the things that I could do better in, in, the, in the next year and set some goals. And then I write those down and uh, I try to then write out a monthly plan for the next year of what I need to do each month to accomplish that goal by the end of the next year. Yeah. I think it's crucial what you're saying there is because a lot of people can write down a plan Right. And then it goes in that top drawer in your desk in your home office, and then you never see it again, right? right? Yeah, yeah. You you've got to you've got to have a plan, but then you've got to work the plan. Yeah, <laughs> you just yeah. can't have a plan put in the drawer, right. you know. And so. have a, and just hope, right? That's right. Yeah, well, hope doesn't accomplish too That's much. That's right. But, um, so what? I mean, other habits. So you talked about reading. You talked about the goal planning. Um, are are you a morning person? Do you do you strategic thinking type stuff? I mean, when do you do a lot of your thinking? Because you know, for those of you who don't know. You know, chairman, CEO of Ameren, Illinois, um, you know, responsible. I, I thought this was neat. Responsible for the electric and gas for 1.2 million people on the electric side, 812,000 people on the gas side, and uh, 45,700 miles. There's a lot of thinking that goes on in running something like that. It does. It, it does. I do most of my thinking early in the morning. You know, it's quiet time. And then, um, and then. I, I do a lot of thinking at night, you know, later when everyone kind of goes to bed, when it's quiet and you can sit down and think. You know, I kind of, in the morning, what I usually try to do is get up early, um, you know, read several newspapers, try to figure out what's going on, you know, and, and, and catch up. Um, just really kind of get, you know, get yourself in, into um, a frame of mind to, to meet the challenges of the day. And then at night, I usually try to, to wind down and then think about the things, um, some of those more strategic things. You know, I kind of think better about it later at night. Right. And so I, I spend some time thinking about those and make, I, I make myself notes a lot. I write mm-hmm. down notes. I, you know, send myself emails right. you know, and exactly. things like that, you know. Um, but you know, if you, you can think about things, but then you've got to think, you've got to figure out a way how to make those things happen. You know, how to, how to evaluate which of those ideas and thoughts that you've came you've come up with that and prioritize them. And then what do you do to really get results? Right. How do you make those, those thoughts and those ideas become reality? So I reached out to Joe, like I said, and so here are three things I thought were pretty neat. I told you at lunch, we had lunch before this, and I said, I'm going to share some things that okay. your son shared with me. So I thought this was pretty cool, right? You, you, having four boys, I hope this is some of the stuff that I'm teaching them. And so he said, number one, you don't have to be the biggest or the smartest to be a standout. <laughs> it's one of the things he learned from you. When the coach blows the whistle, you better be the first one at the coach. That was number two. And number three... When everyone else walks, you jog. Yeah. When everyone else jogs, you run. And when everyone else runs, you sprint. Right? Yeah. So how do you feel when you hear your son saying that stuff he learned from his dad? Wow. It's, that's, it's touching. It really is. The story behind that, it's interesting. It brings back so many memories, you know. But, um, you know, I went to college on a football scholarship, and I was the littlest kid on, on the team, literally, yeah. the smallest. And I was, you know, 5'10", 5'11", at the time, you know, just turned 18 years old, 165 pounds, playing Big 8 football. And, um, you know, at the time, you know, I was so bad, they don't, they, you know, everyone else, you know, has a, They'd put your your number on your helmet and on your jersey. And freshmen at the time, they wouldn't even give you a number because they figured you weren't going to be there long <laughs> right, enough, exactly. you know. And um, and I thought I looked around and uh, 
and I was in the locker room and I mean in the weight room and these guys were lifting you know uh, there was a guy there Matt Blair he was an all-american uh, and, and, and played for the Minnesota all-pro for Minnesota Vikings he was bench pressing you know 450 pounds ten times and I'm just standing there in awe saying these guys are going to kill me. Right. And, you know, there's 150 football players there, you know, if you take all four classes. And I'm thinking, you know, there's no way I'm going to make this team, you know. And you go out there and, and, you know, you think I don't even have a number yet. And I thought the only way to make this coach know who I am was to, you know, be out front. And that's where I came up with that um, that kind of saying that, you know, that when they ran sprints to be the first out there when they blow the whistle and – and when, you know, all the seniors would just walk out on the field with their helmet in their hand, and I, when that door opened, I'd sprint out there, and uh, it, it got me there. It worked. Right. And I've kind of done that the rest of my life, you know. Yeah, yeah kind of that's how you stand out, by just over, you know, working harder than everyone else. So speaking of that, so you, you are known for your hard work, right, that, that nobody's going to outwork you. And so where, yeah. where did you get that? I mean, where, where was that drive from? Because it's easy to say what you just said. It's easy to, you know, sprint when other people are running, and yeah. I get that. But where did you get that internal drive to actually do it? I, I'm, my parents, you know, I started off saying that, you know, I attribute my success to my parents. But, you know, my mom and dad, um, you know, they, they grew up very poor in Collinsville didn't have a lot and we didn't know that we didn't have a lot but you know they had a lot of pride and you know their their view was that if you worked hard enough you could have anything you wanted and I think that's where I got that the the, the drive uh, whether it's through sports or whether it's through you know your career that if you work if you outwork anyone else it doesn't matter how big you are uh, but if you think if you're smarter and you outwork people um, you can have whatever you want, and that uh, that's kind of been you know what I've tried to teach my 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 children, um, and that's what I try to instill in young people today. That nothing's going to come from you to you that's you know th- th- that's worthy if you don't work for it. And if it does come to you easy, uh, you usually don't ha- don't appreciate it and take advantage of it. So you know I I just believe that if you want things. You have to you have to put in the work to have it and yeah. be able to accomplish them. So talk to us about a time, and maybe you don't have one, but I find most successful people do, where you thought you hit rock bottom, but you climbed back out of it. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think I've ever felt that I've hit rock bottom. That's good. You know, I've been very fortunate, and I think and blessed that that. Um, you know, I I remember times when my wife and I were first married and just raising your children and trying to make it in the early days of your career. You know, I I remember, you know, just thinking how expensive diapers were, you know, (laughs) and like we couldn't hardly afford. I was a teacher right when I got out of school. I began, I was working as a teacher. My wife was working, you know, I was working two uh, full-time as a teacher, two part-time jobs. She was working full-time, had two part-time jobs. Um, you know, so just trying to scramble to, to make ends meet. And, you know, we never, I don't think we ever thought about this is that, you know, thought about we're at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, we just thought about, you know, this is a starting point of life. Right. And that, uh, which is a little different than the day. I mean, we felt that that's where you start. You know, that's kind of like, this is what life is all about. You start at the bottom and work right. your way up. Um, 
And so we, we were probably at the bottom yeah. of the barrel. We just didn't know it. You didn't it. know you were rock bottom, but you were, right? Yeah. yeah. And we figured if we were going to work our way up, we had to, we had to work for it. And, and that's what we, we tried to do, and, and that's what we uh, instilled in our children. Yeah. Yeah. I hear grit, and I hear just kind of the grind in there, right? All that stuff. Yeah. And I think the more you do that, the more things become easier, you know, and mm-hmm. things start to come, come your way. And, um, and, and I think, you know, that's kind of how I've, I've, uh, been successful in my career is just really, um, you know, set, uh, developing a reputation of hard work, getting things done and, and doing it and, and a, in, in the right way. Right. So we're, you know, we're, we're talking to a guy that's a, a humble man who does a ton for the community um in this area and you know you've got what three honorary doctorates for your community work and yes uh, so do i have to call you dr mark no you don't <laughs> no you don't no. i'm sure your friends Please don't call don't. you that no right? they don't yeah. they call me things but probably not yeah, dr not, mark right. yeah exactly so but what's what's been that drive for you because you know you've, you've been successful um a lot of people can get, get to a point of success and just kind of you know stall out yeah. right but you you always continue to go that extra step and, and give back to the community and do things that you don't necessarily have to do right. so what's been your driver throughout your career i i think given you know i think being fortunate and and i think having gratitude for what i have accomplished you know um i think a lot of people you know, have the potential to accomplish things but they don't know how to do it you know and and i've been blessed with having you know great parents great mentors in my career uh from my high school football coach lloyd dunn to you know uh people i worked for um you know like the mayor of collinsville you know um that that i worked for early in my career i worked for jerry costello when he was county executive i learned a lot from those mm-hmm. those individuals met had a great opportunities and I think that's helped, I know that helped make me successful. And, you know, I see young people that have a lot of potential, uh, but they don't know where to turn or what to do next. And, and I think giving back to the community and giving back to not-for-profit organizations to help others that aren't as, uh, as, as, as blessed as I'm, uh, that I've been, is important, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I hate keep going back to my mom and dad, but, you know, we never had much growing up. But um, I remember people would come to my house and ask my dad, well, do you want, I've got these clothes I'm going to give away. Do you want them? Or I have this furniture I'm going to give away. Would, do you want them? And I asked my dad one time, you know, I, I was probably 10, 12 years old, and I said, well, why do you take these other people's furniture? Why do we want it? And my dad says, you know, one, you should be grateful for anything that anyone wants to give you. And he says, we may not need them, but there may be other families need them. And I remember him um, putting this stuff in our garage. And then, um, and it was probably a few years later, but uh, that maybe I just finally realized it. But someone's house caught on fire and they lost a lot of what they had. And my dad would go in the garage and say, hey, I got this bedroom set for you. And I got this. Wow. and he would give that stuff to other people. And um, it helped me realize the importance of, you know, you may not need what someone gives you, but if they give it to you, take it with gratitude, and maybe you can use it to help someone else. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of remembered that all my life, you know. Yeah. And, uh, forward's huge. Right. And, um, and, you know, Nate and my family did not have much to give away. But 
because and but he tried to uh to to take whatever he could get to help other people when they were in need and and i just think that you know i'm fortunate that to have a good career fortunate to be able to do a lot of things and i uh, i think it's important that i i share that back with people that are trying to to be what i you know to accomplish the things that i that mm -hmm. i've accomplished you know hopefully one of these you know, um, young people that you help somewhere down the road is can step in and take your job someday. Right. You know, that's the ultimate compliment, I yeah. think. You know, work yourself out of a job, right? That's right. And grow that's other right. leaders. That's right. So, define success for me. Well, I think success is you've got to be, you know, I think success is being happy and, and satisfied with yourself, being able to look yourself in the mirror and, and feel good about what you've accomplished and what you're doing. And, you know, um, I, I, you know, I think about success, you know, I look at my three children and see the adults that they've grown into and um, probably my most, uh, you know, my most uh, um, prized and, and valued the success, the accomplishment is them, you know, Absolutely. just, I mean, to me, you know, having your family that is, is uh, all well, healthy, you know, with good jobs and developing their own families, to me, that that's how I look at success. Um, success is, you know, you've got to be able to look at your life and say, hey, have you accomplished something? And if, and you know, if your biggest accomplishment is is helping grow three other great, you know, young citizens that can uh, contribute to society, then you're successful. Yep. So this wasn't one of the questions I was going to ask you, um, but so so give advice because we have a lot of folks that are maybe in their 40s and, and we're in that prime right our, our kids are yeah. little it's crazy right you go to work all day and we were talking about this at lunch day right you go to work you may high five your wife and she goes one direction you go the other right. and it's the kids games and so how do you stay in the moment and and slow down to make sure because you know we do think about that my my generation we think about growing those productive citizens right. so what advice would you have for us parents that are busy professionals um with all the chaos going on and make sure we still stay focused and grounded on those kids. Yeah. You know, I guess, you know, at that point in my career, you know, I was doing meetings and working late and, you know, four or five nights a week. And one of the things that, that I've tried to do is, is number one, carve out Saturdays and Sundays for family only. Mm -hmm. Try not to do any work at all. Um, as, at least with the, with your children are up, you know, maybe do something late at night. But spend Saturdays and Sundays and dedicate it to your family. Uh, I've tried to do that since, you know, my probably mid-30s or so and, and when you start getting really busy. Never miss an important day. Try to always, you know, never miss a birthday, never miss a first communion, never miss first day of school. Because those things you'll never get to see again. Right. And and you can't be at every baseball game, but you can be at the important ones. You can be at the first every soccer game, but you've got to be at the important ones. You've got to be there when your kids mean it most, need it most. And when you tell them you're going to be there, you have to be there. You yeah. can't just say, well, I didn't make it. So, you know, and those aren't, it's not rocket science, but it's trying to, to make a commitment to them. Right. Let them know that you're going to be there. Um, so you, that's kind of what, 
I've tried to do. And then now the older, the, the more you, the mature you get and you get in your career and different, you can, you know, have more um, control of your time and your schedule and makes things a little bit easier. But, you know, when you're trying to, to really move up in your career, you've got to, you know, dedicate your time and, and, and effort and focus on your career, but you can't forget your family and your children. You know, you've got to, you've got to try to bring that balance you know and my way of doing it was to try to number one like as i said never miss those first opportunities and important days and occasions and 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 carve out those weekends that when you have time with them and in today's day and age i tell young people all the time you know spending time with your children isn't sitting there and let them talk and you're looking at your text messages you know Put the phone away and right. spend some time with them, and and uh, and met, let it be all their time. That's great feedback. Thank you for sharing that. What, so let's flip to the culture. So, a leader, lots of leaders listen to this podcast, and when you think about culture, what have you done uh, as a leader of organizations, uh, especially now with lots of employees, to make sure you're building a great culture? So I think I think. Um, the personality of, of the leader kind of sets the culture. Um, you know, and I think that's, I think it's important to be able to talk to and, and work with people in your organization at every level. You know, one of the things that, that I think, you know, happens is the higher you go, some, the more insulated you get. And I think a lot of leaders, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're you're in a you know nice office somewhere, and you know, wearing a suit every day, and you think that, you know, you start listening to people around you that are are in the same environment, and you lose track, you become isolated, and uh, so you start leading, uh, you start leading under a different uh, uh, assumption. And you kind of lose touch with with the real core of the organization. I think it's important to not get too, um, uh, you know, and uh, enthused with yourself. <laughs> I think it's to keep talking to people in the organization, keep the pulse of your organization. I go out now and you know to events that we have uh, when it's uh, an energy assistance program or you know when we're trying to help people who can't pay their bills. I go out and meet with customers. You know at, at at all different levels, I meet with our commercial customers, our big customers, uh, some of the biggest customers we have in this in the state, big industrial customers. But yet, I also go out when we're in a poor neighborhood and we have people there that we're trying to help keep their lights on, and I meet with those customers. Um, it, I think it keeps me rounded. You know, I think it helps keep give me an idea of the struggles that families are having at every level. Um, and I think that's important. And I think, you know, your employees see that. And, you know, they see that, well, if he is out doing that, maybe I should be out doing that too. And if, you, if you're going to be a good, you know, if, if you're going to be a good company that's a good community and a good neighbor in, in the community, you have to understand the communities you serve. And the only way you're gonna do that is get out and talking to people and communicating. You can't get that from sitting in a corner office. So, you know, I, I try to, to get out and, and, and understand what people think and what they're saying and, and just what the pulse is as much as possible. 
It's great wisdom right there. Thank you. Um, let's talk about fears. And this is a question we ask everybody, but you know, along your career, there's probably fears I would assume you put in your mind, right? This right. may happen or that may happen. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Were, did you do that type of stuff? Sure. I mean, I think you all, you know, you, you always get to that point. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's not so much the fear. I think it's the, um, the physical and emotional things that, that you experience, uh, because of fear, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I hear people talk about before they have to give a speech or a big meeting, you know, about their stomach and, you know, maybe they get sweaty and whatever. And, and I, I don't know how I came to this conclusion, but maybe I think it was a college class I took at some point and they talk about, you know, you get the, the stages of, of fight or flight. And, you know, that's, that's just normal that, you know, when you get, um, when you, when you, you know, you get to that point, you're going to feel certain things. And, right. and what I always thought it was kind of from college football is that, you know, before a game, you're going to, you're going to feel those butterflies in your stomach. You're going to get a little perspiration. You're going to get nervous, but you know, when you go out there and after that first play, you know, you don't really hear the crowd. You don't hear the screaming, you know, you kind of settle down. And I kind of translated that into business world and say, you know, the things that I'm feeling, it's not that I'm afraid. It's just that my adrenaline is pumping in. And I've tried to psychologically right. convince myself that I'm not afraid, that it's just normal, the physical actions that your body's going to undertake to prepare you for what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So if you can accept that and you realize that's normal, then it kind of helps minimize the fear. And you can say, you, you, you can you know, then go back to your past experiences and realize I can overcome this and I get probably more concerned if I don't get a little right. nervous now because, you know, I expect to have that feeling, you know, I expect to, to, um, you know, that you've got to have a little butterflies that that's what's just normal. And that's going to help me be better at what I am because my body is preparing me for what this next step is. And I think some people think it's the other, they, they look at it a different way and they look at it as a, they get so consumed with the fact that they're nervous that they go out and they can't perform, right. you know? So, um, I, my college football coach told me one time, he said, you know, I, I kept making a mistake and he kept yelling at me. And I, I remember I was a freshman and I told him, would you just stop yelling at me? Maybe I could get this right. <laughs> and he t- he looked me in the eye. He said, he says, uh, if I make you nervous, what do you think you're going to, what's going to happen when they go to Nebraska and a hundred thousand people want to kill you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he says, so you better get yeah. used to this or yeah. quit playing. Right. And I, I've, I've kind of always remembered that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you've got to learn to deal with those feelings and, and embrace it and make the best of it. Yeah. And I think, too, the important, the, the second part of this question is always the fears that you did put in your mind, how many of them came true to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? That's right. They usually, they usually are not to the same magnitude. Right. Uh, and that happens. You know, my daughter called me a couple of weeks ago about something on the weekend, and she goes, hey, this happened at work, and, you know, I got this call on Saturday, and, you know, what's the big deal? And I said, it's probably not as big deal as you think it is, right. you know, and kind of walked her through this and said, here's probably what happened. Don't worry about it. It's probably not that big a deal. Come Friday, everyone will have thought about it. I mean, come Monday, everyone probably think through it. And, um, 
and it's probably not going to be anything. Right. And uh, she texts me back like Monday night. I said, uh, how'd it go? She goes, fine. It was no big deal. <laughs> you know? Right. But, you know, but all weekend you sit in stew, right? All weekend she was really thinking about it. And, and, you know, you can't do anything about it Saturday and Sunday. So, you know, make the best of Saturday and Sunday and deal with it Monday when you walk right. in the door. Yeah. You know? So let's walk through the circuit of success, and you see it behind me on the window here. So when you hear the word attitude, what comes to mind? Positive. I mean, to be successful, you got to have a positive attitude. you got to be optimistic. you got to believe in yourself mm-hmm. that you can make it work. You know, if you don't, it's hard to be successful. Absolutely. So what about the core beliefs, that circuit of success, the beliefs that you have to have? Yeah, you know, I think... You, you, you talk about self, you talk about, you know, God. I mean, you've, I think the underlying belief that I would hope all of us have is a belief in God and mm-hmm. a spiritual belief that, you know, uh, and, and, and the belief in a greater good. You know, you doing things for the greater good of, of, of society and of mankind, I think that's important. Um, but then, you know, for career-wise, you've got to be, believe in yourself. You've got to believe that you have what it takes to get the job done. And if you don't, that you can develop it, right. you know. Um, I tell young people all the time, you know, you may not have everything that you need to know for the job. All you got to have is really the will and to, you know, to go out and make and, and develop it in yourself or to learn it. Yeah. And if you believe in yourself, I think you can be extremely successful. Right. And in, in the actions you've talked a lot about. So I think that, you know, you're perfectly in line with the circuit of success and what it takes to be successful. And because like we talked about earlier, you can have faith and hope and all that stuff. But if you don't take t- right. take action every single day, it's not just going to happen. That's right. right? Yeah. So, yeah. so um, what, you know, what were your dreams, you know, kind of growing up? Uh, but more importantly now, what, what are your dreams today? Right. I mean, I'm assuming that that drives yeah. you. Right. So what are those dreams? Yeah. You know, I, I think today, you know, obviously they're different than they were 30 years ago. But, you know, today I, I you know, you dream about when I go to work, you know, um, and I look at my planning for the year of, of uh, as as the president of Amherst, Illinois, what I want to accomplish. You know, I, I want to be, you know, I set goals of we want to be one of the best utility companies in the country. There's 56 large, uh, large utilities. How do I, how do I, you know, really move our company into that top uh, echelon of, of the utilities? And, and so you're seeing it. You know, how do you, how do you, you know, move, how do you look at your customers um, and, and, you know, it's a tough business from customer satisfaction because no one likes paying their bill. Right. But how do you, con- you know, show to your customers that there's value, that you're providing them value for the dollars that they pay? And so those are challenges. And, and you know, um, I, as I get to this point in my, my career, you know, I, I probably am more you know, th- looking at, you know, where do I, what do I leave as a legacy? And, you know, you know, you dream about, you know, being able to change things permanently, to make things better, to leave a company where, um, you know, people are going to believe in, in, in community involvement. People are going to believe in doing the best for the customers. People are going to believe in being good corporate citizens. Um, and, and so I kind of look at my career dreams around those types of goals, mm-hmm. uh, for the future, you know, and, and, you know, and then look at, I look at my career now is what's the next step, you know? And, and, uh, so, you know, I look at what I'm going to do after I retire. I'm not the type of person that's going to retire, right. you know, turn a certain age and go home and just sit on the deck every day, you know? 
Um, so, you know, I look at, you know, dream about being able to take what I've learned and pass it along to others that are maybe, you know, coming up in their careers right now. And whether it's through, um, you know, being on some type of, uh, you know, uh, other type of company at some point or doing some type of consulting or doing some type of, um, you know, corporate board work, right. those types of things. Um, those are, you know, kind of how you re redirect your sure. dreams at different stages in your career. I know, as you said, I on your um, your 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 vision up there, and you talk about vision, and your vision changes. You know, right. it's different from when I was when I was twenty. It's different from when I was thirty and forty. You know, so uh, just readjusting your vision for what you want to, you know, you know, make out of your life, and what do you want to leave as as your legacy of 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 uh, and reputation of who you are and who you were very important that legacy is huge um so how do you how do you push through on the days you don't want to push through <laughs> yeah you know those are hard i mean um you you know i i call it getting out of shape you know it's kind of like you know you uh you take seven eight nine days off for you know christmas and then you know january 2nd you got to go back right. to the routine and and you know, um, and quite honestly, you know, the higher you get in the organization, and, and you know, well, I could take an extra day if I right. want to, and you know, but it's kind of like uh, I look at it like I go back to sports, you know, and you know, football season would be over right, you know, right before Thanksgiving, everyone would go home, you'd eat a lot of food, you'd you'd have fun, you know, you didn't work out. And then, um, you know, sometime after the first of the year, they would start what they called, you know, fourth quarter drills. And that first day, you'd go out there and you'd have to run. You'd feel like you're going to die. <laughs> and it'd be, you'd be out of shape, you right, know? Right, right. And sometimes life is like that. You get away from doing certain things. It's tough to kind of get back up and do it. But you've got to make yourself psychologically say, I got to take that first step. Yeah. You know, and I think it all starts with just being able to get up and and put yourself in the right frame of mind and walk out the door and start doing it because it's easy to sit at home. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I think so much of, in life and success is mental versus, you know, the ability, you know, having being smarter than someone else or being stronger than somebody else or faster. A lot of it is is mental toughness. And and I think part of success is having the mental toughness toughness. Not all the best athletes are, are you know, you know, are on the college football team or right. in the NFL. Um, you know, because at that level, everyone has the same abilities just about. It's those people who make it that next step are the people who are mentally tougher yep. than anyone else. Those ones that can push through it when you're tired, when you're hurt, when you're in pain, you know, when you don't want to do it. Right. And, and I think, you know, people that are highly successful have the mental toughness that they can push themselves to do things when others would just, you know, want to sit on the sofa and do nothing. Right. But, um, and, you know, and, and I, I just think mental toughness is a key to success, whether it's in business, whether it's in sports, whether it's in your family life, your religion, your spiritual life, anything. You've got to make yourself, uh, the days you don't want to do it are the most important days that you have to make yourself do it. I always talk about your comfort zone, right? The more days that you go and you're like, oh, it's kind of tough and you want to crawl back in bed. And, and so maybe you don't figure, like literally go crawl back in bed, but you just don't have a productive day. 
and, and you let that day win, then you're building that callus over your That's comfort right. zone, right? Exactly and and right. you got to break through the day you don't want to do it, and then you go do it. Right. You just won, right? That's and then right. you got to keep doing that day in right. and day out on the days you don't want to. So that callus doesn't get so big that it just stuns your growth forever. You're exactly right. I agree 100%. Yeah. You just have to make yourself do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. We don't want to. That's right. Don't want to do it all. That's right. So. Uh, you know, so with all the stuff you got racing through your mind every day, and which is lots of it, how do, how do you stay focused on those vital few things? It's well, you know, get some days it's difficult, but I try to, you know, obviously you, you just try to prioritize, you know, what you have to get done. And, you know, a lot of times my, my, uh, a lot of the things that I have to deal with on a daily basis go in, you know, everything from maybe a legislative issue to a regulatory issue to an operations issue uh, to a customer satisfaction issue. And so, you know, I just try to figure out, you know, well, what's the most important thing that I have to take care of here? And then look at how do I, you know, compartmentalize or, or, or basically prioritize those important things that, that need to get accomplished and take care of them one at a time, you know. Um, try to start off the morning, you know, looking at what I have to do. And sometimes by mid-morning, those things change, those priorities change. And I think you got to be flexible enough to, to adapt, um, but then also know that at the end of the day, here's the one thing that you have to get done. So when I, I usually try to look at every day, I look at my calendar and I get up, and I was like, okay, on this calendar, what is the one thing I have to have accomplished by the time I come home today? Yeah. And identify that first and make sure that I get that done. And then, you know, the other things will start falling in line as you prioritize your time and, and, and you know, what, what other things come on your plate. Yes, I, I'm doing more and more consulting with companies now. And that's one of the things this morning I was with a company and I said to them, what are the 2018 no-miss goals? Right. right. You're going to have 10, 15 different goals, whatever they are, but there's got to be one or two things that are no-miss no matter right. what. you got to do them every day. Right. So it sounds like you, you're pretty clear on those things for your organization. Right. And because and if you miss those things, I mean, if you if you don't really identify what are the things you have to get done, you know, you 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 look down the road a week from now and it's not done. And pretty soon it's a month. And now pretty soon you're halfway through the year right. and you're trying to, to, you know, scramble to get it done. And that makes it very difficult. Yeah. But if you keep that at the top of the list on every day. Um, you know, it gets it. It's it's it, it helps you get to achieve the goal that you're shot you're shooting for. So, what would you go back and tell the Richard Mark of 15, 20 years ago? What would you tell that that young man? Wow, you know, I I uh, I don't know if I would change a lot. You know, um, I would if I was looking at it today. And I told someone, you know, look back 15 years and told someone, you know, here's what you should do. Um, I don't know if it would be, you know, they would be, it would be, I would be as successful. If I could go back and tell myself 15 years ago, I should have done this or I should have done not done that. I don't know if I would be where I am today Hmm. because, you know, when you're younger in your career and maybe you're not as uh, as smart as you think you are. Uh, but maybe you don't have you don't have the concerns about losing things either. You know you you don't have that fear, and you know when you're tw- when I was in my twenties and thirties, you know uh, I made some you know decisions and and probably took on some things you know very aggressively. 
that if I looked at today, I probably would have handled differently. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, because today I'm probably more um, diplomatic about how I would handle it. And as my wife say, probably more mellowed. But at the time, I probably needed to have that be more aggressive and assertive to get it done uh, because I don't know if it would have if I've been able to accomplish it. I think about my time at St. Mary's Hospital, you know, I was trying to turn around an organization that was virtually bankrupt. Um, didn't have a whole lot of time to be real diplomatic and to try to, you know, get everyone on board and, and to have stakeholder meetings. You know, I was trying to make payroll at the end right. of the week. And so I was probably a lot more, you know, um, you know, authoritarian uh, in the way I did things and the way I led, which is different than what I do today. But at the time, it was I think it was the leadership style yeah. that was needed. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think that I, uh, you know, if I look back on my career, there's some things that I probably uh, wish I was a, not probably as, as direct about as I was. <laughs> And, and I, I kind of regret those, but at the same time, you know, I was able to take a situation where the hospital is about to close and turn it around and, and, and keep that hospital open or, uh, or, you know, at the school district when I did some volunteer work at turning around the East St. Louis School District. A lot of people didn't like what I did. Uh, they didn't like the aggressiveness, but we were able to cut out a lot of waste, a lot of fraud, a lot of illegal activities that was going on. Um, we, we were able to, you know, put $26 million into the general fund of the school district from a school district that was, you know, $5 million in the hole a few years prior. Um, some, you know, and, and I kind of, when I think about those times and I think about my actions and maybe, you know, the things that people liked or didn't like, you know, I, I, I feel comfortable that maybe it's not the way I would do it now, but it was the way that would need it to be done at the time to get the job done, you know, and I, I kind of, you know, refer this to my, when I talk to my kids sometime, you know, if you're in a boat and that boat's sinking, everyone's got to start bailing water right now. Yep. You don't have time to sit around and say, okay, let's What's think about this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> let's all have, let's all hold hands and figure right. out how to do this cooperatively. Someone's got to take charge and get it done. So I don't really have any regrets about how I've run my, you know, had my career and, and the things I've done. And, and, um, um, so, you know, I, I'll that's just good. leave no, it at that. That's a great answer. <laughs> I like that. A lot of wisdom in this whole thing. But that, that's, I like that because the, even the tough parts of our lives, I mean, those, have, those are kind of game changer type moments, right, that help define who we are, that yeah. help get you where you were or are today. Yeah. 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 You know, I think the one thing that I, I have learned and, and that I try to always remember is to be able to adapt your leadership style for the situation that you're in. There may, if you're in a, a situation where, you know, you're in a turnaround situation and it's, it's, it's desperate, you may, you're going to have to be more aggressive. You're right. going to have to be more direct. If you get to a situation where things are going well, like at Ameren right now, things are going well. We're growing. Uh, we, our business is, is really developing. You know, we've got a great team that's working together. You don't need to be as direct. You don't need to, you know, you can help develop other people. You can help them grow and develop. Uh, you, can, you can give them wisdom so that they can learn. You don't have to take the reins and run it yourself. Right. So being able to d- 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 uh, adapt and develop and change your 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 leadership 
to the situation is important. Some people forget that. They think if they're in a turnaround style, even if business is great and business is booming, they're not, they're not patting people on the back and developing them. They're still driving, 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 and that, turns, that actually turns, I think, your organization against yeah. you. So you have to know when to put your foot on the accelerator. You need to know when to put your foot on the brake and slow it down. So I think you have to adapt your leadership to the situation that you're in. So last question here for you. This is always a fun one. Okay. I give you $10 million. Okay. You can't pay off any debts if there are any. You can't just you know go to Enterprise Bank and give them the money, or you can't come to Visionary and invest it, and, and you can't give it to charity because I know that's what you would do. Okay. okay. What are you doing with $10 bucks? Wow. What am I doing with $10 bucks? <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, I would try to, uh, I would, I think I'd try to start a program that would help, uh, you know, I, I try to start, a, I don't know if it'd be a school, but I'd try to start a program that would help young kids, young people who, who, you know, wanted to go to college, who wanted mm -hmm. to develop a career, a school to, to help young kids deal with how to deal with adversity rather than, you know, fighting. And, you know, we see so much violence these right. days in shooting each other. I think I would yeah. try to develop a, a school or a program to, to teach young people to be good human beings. I like that. You know, what uh, I think is fascinating about that question for me. Hopefully our listeners are getting that, that, you know, when I thought I'd ask it, I thought I would get one answer, right? I would, I'd go to this Island and I would do this with this house or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's fascinating and I'm, I'm humbled by it. And I just love hearing it is genuinely all the guests on here. It has nothing to do with that stuff. Right. right. I mean, you're yeah. successful. You want a house, go buy a house, right? Go do yeah. that stuff. But it's about building and, and building for others Right, has been yeah. the, the common theme in all right? these answers. And I think that's, that's just really cool to hear successful people from all walks of life yeah. talk about the things they're going to build. When you take away, you know, investing and you take away charity because everybody's charitable that are they're sitting in here, right. is, uh, it's building something and right. giving back and creating that legacy yeah. to help, you know, the man, mankind. Yeah, that's that's great. I, I didn't know that. I yeah, mean, but, right. But yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. But yeah. well, uh, Richard, I really appreciate you being on the Circuit of Success podcast. Well, thank lots you. of wisdom, lots of great takeaways for our listeners, for myself. Um, so really appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Tune in next week for another episode of the Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 